hours and I'm running. I just had to do a, a quick report and I realize I'm starting late. My apologies to all of you. But I, look, I could have skipped um, this live stream today, but I didn't want to do that because I had something very, I have something very, very important I want to talk to you about. And of course, I want to get back into the Word and, and start uh, on wrapping up John chapter 20. We're coming to the end of the chapter, and we've been working on that for months now, and I want to, I want to get through that. Uh, I've got a little breakfast in front of me. I'll try not to eat it in front of you. You know, they say you should never eat on camera. Let me see if that's, if that, hmm, pretty good. I have to eat it cold. Uh, look, there is something very important I want to talk to you about today. And of course, I want to get into the Word. Um, and of course, as you can tell, I'm not in my studio. Um, and so I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I'm improvising, shall we say. Um, the subject, though, that I want to deal with you about <clears throat> is very, very serious, folks. It's very, very serious. You all pray for my voice because I'm using it a lot. <clears throat> I've got to, believe it or not, I've got to preach four times in the next three days um, in addition to what I've been doing since I've been at this conference. So pray for me. I got to preach tonight and then I got to preach three times on Saturday. In fact, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, in fact, um, I will be in Grand. Oh, you know what, man, I tell you, folks, sometimes my schedule's so busy, I can't keep up with it. Thank God for my schedule because I would be completely at a loss if it weren't for her. Um, let's see, what, what is, today is the, wow, 21st. I'm going to be at Naples, uh, at, at a Naples, Florida church tonight. New Hope Ministries, where Bishop Grant Thickpen is the pastor at 7 o'clock, 7675 Davis Boulevard in Naples. So if you're in Florida, anywhere near there, by all means, stop by and see us, okay? I'd love to meet you. And we're going to be sharing a word from the Lord, which, um, which I trust God will use to bless you and bless everybody who comes. And by the way, I, uh, I expect we will be live streaming as well. Uh, so you can look for that. Uh, tonight at 7 p.m. Um, by the way, I don't think I told you all this yesterday, or did I? Maybe I did. Uh, I think I had. To, I don't think I had this news yesterday morning. But I've been banned from, or suspended, I should say, from YouTube for medical misinformation. And I talked. About, let's see. I talked about that on my radio program yesterday. I'll just say it in brief because I, I got something I really want to get to. Uh, during either my radio program or during this podcast, I mentioned that uh, I had, I've had the antibody test. I'm still waiting for the results, but I've had the antibody test. I want to see if I have the antibodies to prevent me from getting COVID because if I do, I'm going to be a lot less reluctant to get the vaccine. Uh, a lot more, I should say, a lot more reluctant to get the vaccine. Wow, it's early morning, isn't it? 
And I have also been told, here again, I've been told this by, um, first of all, an article I read in the National Institutes of Health says that eight, the, uh, the last study showed eight months out, people still had the antibodies to prevent them from getting COVID again. And then uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire of Fox News, who is no conservative by any stretch of the imagination, no conspiratorial thinker, said she doesn't understand why people are not talking about the natural immunity from having had the disease and that that is probably contributing to herd immunity. That's Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Here again, no conservative. I shared those things. And then I added that I got an email from someone indicating that it may be that if you've had the disease and you have the antibodies, and you get the vaccine, the vaccine may work to undermine your natural immunity because the vaccine is an artificial kind of immunity that is induced from the outside. And even the NIH article indicates that your body's immune system is far more efficient than anything you introduce from the outside. Now, apparently YouTube thought that was medical misinformation, but it's based upon their assumption that you all are too stupid to hear information, analyze it, and make your own decisions. These people act like communist commissars, that there are certain things you are too stupid to hear, and they're not going to let you hear it because you might go jump off the cliff as a result. I mean, it's, it's really infantilizing people, uh, of course, as well as holding themselves out as the superior beings who will determine what others are allowed to hear because after all, uh, nobody's as smart as they are. And while they are probably capable of sifting through and analyzing information, you are not. And so therefore they have to stop you from hearing what they want to say or what, anybody, what somebody wants to say that they don't agree with, I should say. Um, so at any rate, that's where we are. I'm told this is my, my first strike after a first warning, which happened a year ago. I wasn't even aware of it. Apparently, I was given a warning a year ago about something. Who knows what? Uh, so this is my first strike. And I don't know whether it's three, three strikes and you're out of the electrocute you or what they do. I mean, these people are communists. I wouldn't put anything past them. <laughs> I'm joking, folks. I'm joking. <laughs> We're not at that point yet. We're going to electrocute anybody. But, but you, get, you get my point. Uh, it's sad that one has to explain these things because when you're being humorous, because if you don't, they will, they will just, these leftists will just go off the deep end. Big tech, Google, Facebook. I've been kicked off of Twitter now for two years. Um, I'm thinking now about taking some action about that because here again, I've said this before, these people, these companies need to be broken up. Antitrust suits need to be brought and these companies need to be broken up because they are too powerful. They have too much control over the ability of the American people to communicate with one another. And we've got to stop them. We have simply got to stop them. And that, who knows, maybe that's the real reason why I've got a second strike because I'm speaking against them. But here again, isn't that the mark of communists? You speak against them, you are in big trouble. I mean, people speak against me all the time. I get letters every week and I get comments on my Facebook page. I don't care. I mean, first of all, most of the people who speak against me never have facts and information. They never have, well, wait a minute. Here's what you said and here's the truth of the matter. I respect somebody who comes to me with facts or information and says, wait a minute, what you said was wrong because they may be right. I may have made a mistake. 
But I, I respect that. What I don't respect is the name calling. You're a hater. You're a bigot. You're this. You're that. And all this. I mean, all this nonsense, which is what they generally come up with in order to shut down speech that they don't like, which is contrary to everything this country stands for and everything our First Amendment stands for and everything, the very culture of America, freedom, everything we stand for. That's why I said, I did say yesterday, these people are not Americans. Here again, I qualified that to say, that means, it doesn't mean they're not legally Americans. When I say they're not Americans, I mean in spirit. They don't, they have not imbibed the spirit of our country. For them, we are a white supremacist country, we're a racist country, we're a sexist country, we're a bigoted country, we're this. We're... They, they don't understand the nobility, the beauty, the freedom, the opportunity, the hope that America offers. So they don't understand why people around the world want to come here. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I still don't understand why they stay. If it's so bad, why don't they leave? Because they know they would not be billionaires and, and, and multimillionaires uh, if they lived somewhere else. They know that. They would not have had the opportunities if they lived somewhere else. We, our colleges and universities and even our public schools these days are raising up a bunch of people who hate our country. They hate what we stand for. They hate our values. And you know, folks, uh, and then I'm going to leave this because I got something else I really want to get to. You know, folks, my reading of history tells me that France fell in six weeks under Hitler's march because for a generation they had undermined the morale of the French people and made them think that France was a horrible place, it was a horrible nation, it was not worth fighting for, and they just basically just sapped people of all of their pride and when Hitler marched in, people just pretty much gave up. Of course, there was a resistance uh, that continued to fight against Nazism, but many, many of the French people went right along with Hitler. They fell right in line. <clears throat> and we're raising up a bunch of lemmings in our country today who I don't know if communist China ever marched in, they might say, well, you know what? Communism is better than, than our constitution. I'm, I'm going along with them. I'm serious. I said, you know, one of, one of uh, Biden's senior advisors says that Mao's one of the people she most turns to in times of crisis and dilemma. She turns to a bloodthirsty mass murderer. But he's a communist, he's a Marxist, and that's enough. You know about de Blasio's admiration for Fidel Castro, I mean, and, and, and Bernie Sanders' admiration for the Soviet Union, folks, and, and they're not alone. We're not making this stuff up. We are, we, are, we, are, we are being undermined by communists. They're not card-carrying members of the Communist Party. They don't have a card in their wallets to show you that. But in their hearts, they, they think more like Karl Marx than they do like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, George Mason. In fact, somebody needs to tell them that Karl Marx was a white man, but they seem to love his ideas. And the fact that our founding fathers were white men, seems to, that, that seems to be a hateful thing. And by the way, here again, my reading of history says Karl Marx was a straight up racist who believed that black folks were inferior. And yet, it's like every word dripping from the evil mouth of Karl Marx, everything he wrote was somehow, it's gospel. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. 
and our colleges and universities are by and large responsible for it and our public schools are following suit, which is why Christians, in my view, have got to get their children out of public schools. You got to run for school boards. You got to try to get control of the school board, but don't sacrifice your children to that mess because it is a mess. It's a hellish mess. All over the country, it's becoming more about teaching children about homosexuality and transgenderism and and you might not be a boy, you might be a girl, and all this craziness. I listened to a speech by Bill Barr recently, and he was quoting um, a school curriculum in one city in Iowa, folks. Iowa. Uh, well, you know what? Forgive me. It might. It might be. It might be Idaho, but I'm pretty sure it was Iowa. Um, yeah. In fact, in fact, I think it was Sioux City, Iowa. Um, but at any rate, this was a school system, and they were teaching children this. You might be a girl or you might be a boy. Just because your parents think you're a boy doesn't make you a boy. And just because they think you're a girl doesn't make you a girl. Nobody can choose your gender but you. And you have to decide which one you want to be. I mean, that's a paraphrase, but they're teaching preschool children this mess. <clears throat> So folks, we are, we are in a hellish situation. You know, the word of God says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And the more our nation tries to forget God, the more hellish it becomes. And we're simply not going to let them take, turn our nation into hell. It's that plain and simple. We're not going to do it. <clears throat> ah, in the name of Jesus. Okay, here's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, and then I want to get to the word. Wow, I spent 15 minutes on that. I'm sure you all saw the story, the horrendous story of this kid down in Dallas who goes into somebody's home. Let's see. Uh, and picks up a young child child's name is Cash Gurnan, picks up this young child, takes him out of the house. By the way, the abductor's name was Darren Ronell Brown, a young black guy, 18 years old. <clears throat> takes him <clears throat> out of the house, deposits him on Saddle Bridge Drive, somewhere in Dallas. Eight blocks from where he kidnapped him. The kid has been stabbed to death. I mean, this is a little boy. Um, let's see. Four years old. Four years old. Stabs him to death. Turns around. Goes back to the house to try to get the other child because Cash is a twin. He turns around, goes back to the house, sneaks in the house to go get the other child. Something startles him, he hears noise and he decides to run. Had that not happened, he would have absconded with the second twin 
undoubtedly taken him back to the same location or another location and killed him. Now, why is this story so important to me? And in my view, it ought to be to you. I believe it is important because the left has so stirred up racial hatred against quote unquote white people that I, I, I really am concerned that people like this, this misguided, evil young man are going to go out and look for white victims, particularly white victims who will offer no resistance that they can kill. Now, this kid may be crazy, maybe he's psychotic, maybe he's off his rocker, he didn't live far from this family, he'd apparently been stalking them, he didn't rape this kid as far as we know, he didn't commit any acts of sexual deviancy against him, he takes him out, he kills him, he goes back to get the brother to kill him. Now, here again, we don't know what the motive is, that, that has not been revealed, we don't know that the police even know what the motive is. But what we do know is this black kid killed this young white four-year-old child and went back to get his twin brother to kill him too. Now folks, this is a chilling story. It is a chilling story. And I'm not sure what the family situation is. It doesn't really matter in this instance why he was able to get into the house so easily, all of that, that doesn't really matter right now. All those facts I'm sure will come out. But what I think should find, we should all find most disturbing is the fact that if this had been a white guy going into a black home, abducting a black child, taking that child a few blocks away and murdering that child, and then going back to the home to get the second black child. I think folks, there would be a hue and cry across the land of racism. You, it'd be so loud, the decibels would burst your eardrums. It would be a hate crime. Now, I don't know whether this is or is not. I don't even like the concept of hate crimes because to me, you hurt somebody, you kill somebody, you get punished for the crime, not what's in your head. but. We've gone down this road now, and, and until it gets reversed, that's where we are. But there's no talk about hate crime with this. Even though it's a black person, a black young man, killing a white child with an attempt probably to kill a second white child. Now, let me just, so that you know, when I'm not simply extrapolating from a sample of one. Do you remember Canon Hinant? Canon Hinant. Canon Hinant was a child living in North Carolina. Um, Darius Sessoms lived near him, in a, apparently in a trailer park. For no apparent reason, Darius Sessoms, who happens to be black, walks out of his trailer park, sees the white child, Cannon Hinant, playing, puts a gun to this baby's head, 
and blows his brains out. Point blank range. This guy Sesums is black, 25 years old. Why did he walk out of his house and kill this white child in cold blood? Darius Sesums. The child's name, which is most important, is Canon Hinant. Uh, now, Cannon is also very young, um, but he, he can't be more than four or five years old, something like that. Five years old. Yeah, five years old, the article says. Five years old. Now, the question that I'm putting to you is this. It's not just are these murders of these children racial in nature that is a question that I think has got to be asked because there doesn't seem to be any apparent motive for killing these innocent little children but I think a broader question needs to be asked and the broader question is this is the incessant drumbeat that America is a place of white supremacy, that all white people, and I'm using their phrase, you all know I don't like the, this, these phrases, white and black, but eh. all Americans of European ancestry are inherently racist and inherently beneficiaries of, of quote unquote, white privilege. And that they're all imbued in it. You all remember, in fact, I couldn't find it for this morning. I didn't have time to look for it. But do you all remember an article that indicated that babies can be racist? The left is actually saying that infants can be racist. Now, with all that garbage being pumped into the culture, being put out into society, just like we've got a rash of police ambushes and killing of police because the lie has been propounded that the police are out hunting down black men and that the police are racist and they're out to kill black men, which is again a lie out of the pit of hell. It just isn't happening. You can't justify that. In fact, the data shows, frankly, that police officers are more reluctant to use deadly force with a black suspect because of their fear that the charge of racism, the loss of their jobs, and maybe even being charged with murder or manslaughter because of the racial implications. But let's leave that aside for the moment. The data clearly shows out of 2 million arrests of black people uh, that no, no more than a handful end up losing their lives, comparatively speaking. I think I measured it to be about one quarter of one hundredth of one percent. All the people they arrest from the black community throughout the year, most of them are arrested without incident. If the police are out hunting down black men and they're arresting two million people a year, they got plenty of opportunities to kill plenty of them. It's not happening though. But if, but if the ambushes and the murders and the attacks on police 
are the result of the incessant rhetoric that says the police are, are racist and they're out to hunt down black men. Is it possible that you've got people now thinking that a mere child, if that child happens to be of European ancestry, is part of the problem, is part of the white supremacy, is part of the white privilege, and that that child deserves to die? I'm, I think that's a very serious question. Now, I know we have only two incidents here, but, you know, I think part of the problem is that the thugs who would do this don't necessarily have a lot of access to children of European ancestry. This kid breaks into the house. I don't, don't even, I, I don't know how in the world that was, that was even possible um, that he was able to do this and then come back and go to the house again. I mean, that's, but here again, that's another issue. The, the real, the most important question for me right now is why in the world is he set on killing these white children? And folks, you can tell that I really believe that just as <clears throat> the rhetoric is creating hostility against the police, I think that the incessant racist rhetoric is instilling hostility against all people of European ancestry including innocent children. Now, I just gave you two instances. There's one article I can't cite that talked about the fact that children have to be trained in infancy not to be racist because in infancy they show themselves to be racist and all. So what does that mean? Does that mean some misguided person thinks, well, the best thing to do is kill the infant before they can grow up to be a full-blown adult racist? I know these folks, these are hard questions. And I know that the left will just say, you know, you know you're, you're, you're talking crazy. But I got two dead children here killed by black people where these issues aren't even discussed and the headlines aren't even there because you and I both know that if these were black children killed by white people, they would be front page news all over the country. And the question would be asked, is this a hate crime? You know it would. But it's not being asked in these cases because the left has sold this, this ridiculous, this absurd bill of goods of black people can't be racist. I mean, which is another of the long list of dumb ideas that the left has propounded that are nothing but Marxist propaganda. That's like saying the poor can't be greedy. Only the capitalists, only those who own the means of production can be greedy. It's a Marxist notion that the class distinctions are so clear and so unequivocal and, 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 and so absolute that the characteristics of the bourgeoisie can simply not be shown to be the characteristics of the proletariat. That's where this idea comes from. So black people don't have the power. They don't own the means of production. They can't be racist. Only the capitalists, only, only the white people can. Well, I'll tell you what, how much power did Canon Hinant have? It's clear to me that the person who had the power was the person who killed the child, Darius Sessoms. 
and how much power did Cash Grenon have? The four-year-old, just murdered by this monster. How much power did he have? The power was in the killers. Daryl and Ronnell Brown, who killed Cash Grenon, <clears throat> and Darius Sessoms, who killed Canon Hinant. Cold-blooded murders. Now, generally, the black children being killed in the inner cities are being killed in crossfire in complete disregard of their safety, their lives. But these are cold-blooded, intentional, calculated killing of children. <clears throat> I think it's a valid question that has to be asked. And I think it puts the onus on Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and all of these black radicals running around the country most of whom are doing very well financially and otherwise, whining about how bad the country is and telling black folks, particularly these thuggish types who are inclined to do the wrong thing anyway, that their enemy is quote unquote white people and that all of them are bad and all of them are racist and all of them are the enemy. And you got instances like this where an innocent child who's done nothing to anybody is murdered in cold blood by black assailants. And the issue of a crime is not even raised. Folks, <clears throat> Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> And all of these leftist radicals are our spokespersons for hell. They don't have anything to offer. They don't have, I, I urge you Americans of African ancestry, stop listening to these people or they will lead you into just what I'm pointing out here. They will lead you into murderous, bitterness, bitterness anger, hatred, so much so that your heart is callous even to the life of an innocent child. And you Christians ought not be listening to that garbage. Patrice Cullors has nothing to say. She's a Marxist. She's a godless, demonically possessed woman with nothing to say that is worth listening to. Let her go out and buy her multi-million dollar house with all the money a bunch of idiots gave her so that she can go continue to apply her racist propaganda and racial demagoguery and garbage in this country. Yeah, I'm angry because black children are dying in, in, in thuggish inner city violence across this country and nobody's saying anything about it. And here you have two white children who have been killed by black folks and nobody even raises the question of whether these murders are racial. And if they are racial, are they the result of the racist demagogic rhetoric coming out of the mouths, the spewing the vomit 
out of their mouths, people like Patrice Cullors and Al Sharpton and all these other race hustlers who are going around trying to sow hatred into the hearts of people so much so that they are callous to the lives of young children. I tell you what, I don't look at these children and think, oh, well, that's a white child. I look at these children, I see a child. I see an innocent baby who deserves protection and love and caring and nurturing. And this is what you get. Cold-blooded murder of an innocent child. Somebody needs to call this mess out. This, this, this is the thing I most wanted to talk to you about. This has been on my heart today. I mean, really, since, I, since this news broke, I've been thinking about it. And until we stop this nasty, vicious, racist rhetoric and this critical race theory garbage and this, this, the, these, these pernicious ideas of all white people are white supremacists and all white people are, are beneficiaries of white privilege and America's systemically racist and all, all, that, that, all that's nothing but mythological nonsense. You get caught up in it. This is where it takes you. It darkens people's hearts. I'm black. I'm an American of African ancestry. I'm a descendant of slaves. I look at this country and I see beauty. I see grandeur. I see hope. I see opportunity. I see decency. I see honor. I see goodwill. I see the desire of the American people to come together to help make us a more perfect union. But then we've got these nasty Marxists running around the country trying to keep us divided. They don't want us to be one nation under God. They want us to be one Soviet system under their Marxist control. They don't want to have indivisible uh, and liberty and uh, indivisibility and liberty and justice for all. They want the perpetuation of the notion that America is inherently unjust so that they can keep people at each other's throats. Here again, you and I both know that the only reason why some of you probably never heard the name Canon Hinant. I, I assume you'd heard uh, of the name of this, this child Gershon because th that's recent in the news. But Canon Hinant, you probably never heard his name viciously murdered by his black neighbor who walked out into the yard where he was playing, put a gun to his head and blew his brains out. You probably never heard that story, but I guarantee you if a white man had walked out of a trailer park, walked up to a black child, put a gun to his head and blew his brains out, every single one of you would know that name. You'd know the name of that child. And, and rightly so, I don't have a problem with that. But you ought to know the name of Canon Hinnant too. And we ought to know why that happened. We ought to know whether that young man is a racist. We ought to know whether the garbage that's being spewed into our culture is what's creating these people who think that it's okay to go murder a child because the, 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 the complexion of that child happens to be light and that child probably has European ancestry. Okay, well, look, <clears throat> I haven't left a lot of time for the word, but I, I, I had two important things to say about my, about Google, uh, YouTube suspending me for um, 
whatever medical misinformation, give me a break. Um, but I really wanted to get into this issue because I think it's an important issue for our consideration. Are we sowing the seeds that are bringing this kind of harvest? Now we've got to watch and see if these kinds of things crop up again. How often do they crop up? And I lay this mess right at the feet of Patrice Cullors and Al Sharpton, and you just go right down the list of the race hustlers out there, Jesse Jackson, all of them. Two dead children who should be alive. And thousands probably of dead children over the last several years who should be alive, killed by black thugs, not by police, but by black thugs. I got a list of 75 of them right here in front of me, 75 just since last year and this year, 75 children, innocent children. But I won't get off into that. Let's come back to the Gospel of John and let me try to finish this up. Maybe I can even finish it up in the few moments we have. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, I finished up chapter 20. So we got the last chapter now, chapter 21. Let's get into that. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself after showing himself to Thomas. Thomas, because you've seen, you believe. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. He's the leader. I'm not going to sit around with the rest of you all moan and groan. I'm going fishing. You know, kind of inclined. You know, that's what I am. I'm a fisherman. Let's go back to that. I love Peter, by the way, because I, I see a lot of me in Peter. I see a, Peter's, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm married to a wonderful woman and she's got to restrain me because I'm ready to, let's go. <laughs> let's Let's go do it. Let's go do something. And my wife is sometimes saying, now wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. You sure you want to go walk on that water? Absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> so I have nothing but, uh, but affection for Peter. Um, I, I understand his mindset completely. You know, he's passionate. He's a go-getter. He wants to make things happen. And he just don't want to sit around and wait for something to happen. He wants to make things happen. By the way, folks, go to our website, standamerica.us. We're trying to make something happen on this violence against children and these discouraged that is happening in, in inner cities and this, this leftist nonsense that is being propagated into these communities. We've got a counter. It's called Awakening Hearts and Minds. Go to our website, standamerica.us. Click on Awakening Hearts and Minds and you will find out about it. It says, they said to him, we are going, the disciples said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. See, the fishermen on the Sea of Galilee understood that during the day, the fish are, can see the boats and can see the activity and it scares them away. Whereas at night when it's calm, they don't see all the disturbance and they'll tend to just go ahead and congregate and be right for the taking. Doesn't always work. Fourth verse says, but when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, 
children, have you any food? They answered, no. Once again, remember the story in Matthew and Mark, he, Peter fished all night long and caught nothing. And Jesus said, let down your net for a catch. And got so many fish, they couldn't even bring them all in. The net broke. It says, and he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. You know, don't let anybody convince you that God doesn't want to prosper you and that God doesn't want you to do well financially in your job, in your career, in your business. Don't let anybody convince you of that. And, and, and don't let anybody turn you off of someone like me and say, well, see, now I heard Bishop Jackson say, now he's a prosperity preacher. No, I'm a gospel preacher. And I have not, shun I have not shunned, as, Peter, as Paul said, to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. This is part of the counsel of God. God wants to do you good in every level. God doesn't want you broke, busted, and disgusted. God doesn't want you scrounging and, and, and trying to scrape together a few pennies to feed your family. God wants you to have abundance and no lack. It's throughout scripture. They fished all night long. They caught nothing. Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to make sure you do. You know, somebody listening to me right now may be facing financial hardship. Maybe COVID has cost you your business or cost you your job or cost, caused a great downturn in your income. I'm telling you, trust God and let down your net. God's going to bring you through it because he loves you. He wants to do you good. Let's go on. I, I think I made the point. Um, and wow, I'm almost out of time. So let's, let me take one more, one more couple, couple more verses and then we have to quit. It says, and he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find something. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Well, we're going to stop right there. I mean, that says all we need to say. Jesus cares about your financial condition. I mean, here we are, we've got disciples who Jesus has an entirely different life in front of them that he's laying out for them. They're going to spend the rest of their lives proclaiming the gospel. But here they are, they fish all night long, they're hungry, they've got no food. And what does Jesus do? Provides them with food. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will put on because does not God feed the birds of the air and, and, and the lilies of the field he takes care of so much so that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these Jesus said are you not much more than birds and lilies and shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? God will take care of you. He will see you through. My wife and I have been through some very difficult financial circumstances in our marriage. We never turned on each other. We turned to God. And he never, ever, ever fails. But you've got to put your trust in it. Put your trust in him and don't quit. Don't give up. Don't do anything stupid. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't commit suicide. 
Don't do anything stupid. Trust God. The old song says, if you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. God bless you. I hope this has been helpful to you. Some of this has been hard to hear, I know, because it's hard for me to say and to talk about, but it's got to be talked about. We'll come back to the word. We'll pick up at verse 7 of John chapter 21 um, on Monday. In the meantime, remember we, oh, and don't forget, I'll be back with you at 1 p.m. Eastern time on American Family Radio. I won't be live streaming today because I'm away and I need to be in my studio when I'm live streaming. I can't do it here because you won't be able to, it's, it's, it just won't work. But I will be on the radio, AFR.net, or download the app, American Family Radio, 1 p.m. Eastern time today. And I will get into some of these issues that I've gotten into today, but or some others as well. It's First Amendment Friday, and the lines will be open for three quarters of the program. So if you want to talk to me, call in, and I'll be happy to hear what you've got to say and respond to it. We're going to have a great time this afternoon on First Amendment Friday on The Awakening, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, American Family Radio. God bless you all. Remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.